What's good, football fans? Welcome back to a fourth and a mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you tuning in. On today's show, we will touch on our NFL notables of things that are going on in the league and do the AFC side of our roundtable. Did the NFC last week, and we'll touch on the other uh, division or conference today. So how are we doing, guys? Gentlemen, I hope we're all doing well. I want to start out with a question, and I want a yes or no answer for each one of you, and then I'll follow up with another question. Have you guys watched Michael Jordan's Last Dance documentary? Jeremy? Five episodes. Absolutely. Have you, watched? you have. Okay. I haven't watched a single second of it, and obviously That's I'm regretting sad. it a little bit. But what I want to talk about is like the Skip Baylesses of the world who take Twitter immediately after and call his troller coaster and goes after LeBron James. Isn't this whole one last dance supposed to be celebrating Michael Jordan's career instead of bashing LeBron? I want to start with Jeremy first because I know Brady's reaction to this. But Jeremy, I want to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> I, I'm really excited, actually, very anxiously waiting to hear what Brady has to say, because um, we all know that Brady is the biggest LeBron thumper out of all of us. Um, but yeah, the show is awesome. I think it's really well done, or really well done. The one complaint I would have is how much whiplash occasionally I get from going to 1988 or 1990 yeah. back to 1985. Like just they jump around a lot sometimes within like four, four minutes. Um, but the show is really well, well done. I, I, Michael Jordan's awesome. LeBron is obviously awesome. I, I think like, let's right now just enjoy watching the show. I don't think we have to sit here and debate. Well, I think Michael Jordan would average 50 points in today's. And, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. Why, why do we go to Twitter? I, th I feel like after Kobe passed away, we all agreed that we were just going to appreciate everybody's game for who it was and we're not going to compare. So that's kind of why I brought this up. Just a little tidbit spot. Yeah. Before we get, uh, into Brady's, our local LeBron stan, I wanted to kind of touch on, or kind of, ex I share Jeremy's opinion how, like, okay, we're in 1991, now we're in 1998, now we're in 93. Like, I just don't understand how that meeting came of all the directors, like, all right, so we're going to start at the rookie season, right? And then we'll end as soon as he retires? Nah, nah, we'll just kind of bounce around, play some tennis. It doesn't make any sense. All right, Brady, before you talk, you have about 45 seconds to do what you got to do, and then we're going into NFL Notables. Go ahead. <laughs> 45 seconds. Okay. So I've watched five episodes of this, and I've actually truly enjoyed it. Same complaints that you guys have had that we're just – we're kind of all over the place. Like, we're talking about MJ in 92, then we're back in the All-Star game in 97 or whatever it is. Then you go on to Twitter after all these, and you see <laughs> LeBron is trending on Twitter, and it's like – Dude hasn't even tweeted anything. What, what on earth could he be trending for? For me, it just it speaks about LeBron's greatness because he doesn't have to do anything. They're talking about Michael Jordan, the quote-unquote goat, and somehow it continues to be LeBron can never do this, LeBron can never do that. So that's my rant. We're an NFL podcast. If you want to talk LeBron with me, at me on Twitter. But otherwise, let's, let's move into some NFL notables. Um, the NFL world is pretty silent right now. The only thing that happened was Frank Gore is coming back for his 100th year in the league. Um, he decided to sign with the New York Jets. Um, and then the only other thing is the NFL is set to release its schedule on Thursday, which uh, brings up a discussion point that I uh, wanted to bring up to you guys. What is the one matchup you guys are looking forward to 
Um, no matter when it happens, just the matchup of the two teams. Somebody want to start us? Yeah, I will. And it starts in the division for me. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about that division tonight, and that's the AFC West, and that's uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think this is probably going to be for a division championship. I think the Chargers are very solid top to bottom. So two times a year, I think those are matchups that we should take a look at. Yeah, I think that – I think it's crazy that um, Teddy is going to actually come back to Minnesota this year. Uh, so his new starting gig in Carolina is going to have him coming back to Minnesota. And obviously all of us here in the Twin Cities and the Minnesota just absolutely love uh, Teddy for what he has done um, for the Vikings and just him being a class act and kind of his underdog role of his injury and how he's fought back from that. I think uh, – you know, he's easy guy to root for and having him come back to Minnesota would be, you know, fun to see how he does. For me, as far as matchup goes, I'll stick with the underlying trend of uh, the goats. And uh, I'm going to go with the, the Packers and the Buccaneers because we get to see another matchup. Uh, for me personally, another matchup with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Goats. That's plural. That means two. That more than one. I, I'm confused where I don't know if. And you said Aaron Rodgers, too. That's the other confusing part. I mean, yeah, so can't you just the feel the love in this podcast? Yeah, today, <laughs> Certainly they okay. wouldn't be trying to get their goats. You know, they wouldn't be trying to push him out the way, right, by drafting a quarterback. That wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. He, I mean, let's, let's get over this. Let's, let's move on about, here. We talked about <laughs> NFC. Let me, give me, let me give mine. So I actually had two because I thought the first one one of you guys would have chose. It was the Chiefs against the Ravens. Two high-powered offenses, mm -hmm. uh, two former MVPs. I believe Mahomes won the MVP. He won the Super Bowl MVP, excuse me. And so um, that will be a great ma matchup of the offenses. And then the other one that I thought was a sneaky one was we get to see it twice a year. It was the 49ers versus the Seahawks. Talk about last year. Um, the first game was 27-24 to 24 in overtime. Uh, it was a great game. And then the second game was the uh, last game of the season, which determined who – if. San Francisco had home field advantage, which um, might have uh, swayed the NFC playoffs and all that stuff. And it came down to the last play of the game. So I'm excited to see that matchup again, and hopefully it can live up to the hype again. Yeah, real quick. I think I saw some of this debate on Twitter. You brought up Frank Gore going to the Jets for a one-year deal. So with his longevity, he has never been, you know, a top two back, top three back in the league. Do you think – Frank Gore's resume is Hall of Fame worthy. Yes, I do. Based on his numbers and his longevity. I would agree. I think durability plays into that. I, I, obviously, he's, he hasn't, been, hasn't had some of those top-tier accomplishments as maybe some others do, but the, what he's been able to do at his position um, that usually tends to fall off a cliff after you get a little ways in um, to be as consistent as he be, has been Mr. Invincible, as Brady said, year one hundo. Yeah, I totally agree. Isn't he third in the – what is he ranked in all-time rushing? It was It's top ten or it's top seven yeah, or whatever it is. He's up he's there. Up I think he's there. higher than AP, isn't he? Yes. I don't – he's up there. And if Frank Gore is number there, three. It's yes, Emmitt so Smith, Walter, Payton, Frank Gore, and then Barry Sanders. And he yeah. did that this last year, right? Yeah, he just passed Barry yeah. Sanders last year. Yeah, so he's, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's probably not a first ballot, but he's definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, good notes. Okay, so we will transition then to our uh, main 
uh, conversation piece here, our AFC roundtable. So we'll go into each division of the AFC and give our best values of the division, our favorite pick of the division, fantasy player, and just the overall winner of the, of the division. So the first one that we'll touch on is the AFC East. Uh, so Brady, how about you start us off here? Who is your best value in the AFC East? So the best value in the AFC East for me was kind of simple. Um, it was the Buffalo Bills first pick and it was in the second round with AJ Epinesa. So this talk about a guy who um, had the chance of going in the first round, sneaking into the first round, ended up sneaking all the way back until the 54th pick. Um, he's really going to help out their defense and their defense is really scary now with him on that roster. Yeah, it's a good pick and you're going to hear his name pop up shortly for a favorite player for me. I went for best value. I went to a, uh, to the Dolphins. And if we were talking about this post or pre-hip injury, he's a top two pick. And if Joe Burrow um, doesn't have the season that he has, he's going number one overall. So I think value at five, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. So I would say Tua. Yeah, for me personally, I would say mine was Denzel Mims. I think I personally liked him a lot for the uh, Vikings, wanting kind of an outside receiver. But the way the board felt fell for the Vikings in the first I didn't think it made a whole lot of sense to take them, but to get Mims uh, that late uh, for the Jets, get, you know, Donald some more weapons. It also makes taking Mekhi Becton in the first round all the better value because they could have taken, obviously, one of the top receivers in the draft. But getting still a very great uh, contributor in Denzel Mims makes that all the better. Yeah, so I had Epinesa and I had Mims written down, but since we've kind of talked about those, um, I'm going to add a, in a kind of a value or a, a bonus value pick here. And it's not necessarily a need at that point for the bills. Um, but in the sixth round, Isaiah Hodgins receiver from Oregon state is a really, really, really good receiver. He's a guy that I had close to my top 10, right around my top 10 receivers. Um, you just a really solid career um, at Oregon state and a really a pretty polished route runner, just an, a really well rounded receiver. And to get him in the sixth round, again, not a massive need for them at, at that point. And they drafted one in the fourth round, but I, I almost like the receiver they drafted in the sixth round better than they did in the fourth round. So that's my kind of bonus value pick for, for uh, the bills there. And they definitely fill out their wide receiver room. Uh, I like Gabe Davis a lot. I think he, he gives the Bills something that they didn't have. They don't have a big receiver. So uh, he gives them something else. Uh, let's move on to someone's favorite pick. I guess I can start with this because some, he's already been talked about. Mine was Denzel Mims. He was my wide receiver five in this uh, wide receiver class, very deep wide receiver class. Um, size, speed, um, contested catches, I – I really like Denzel Mims, and he's going to be a great tool for uh, Sam Darnold. If you guys didn't know this, Brady is a big fan of Denzel Mims. Big Huge. fan. I, big I fan. am too, absolutely. <laughs> Clearly much bigger than some of the GMs were in the league. But um, I'm going to roll with uh, – so I didn't love the Patriots draft, and you guys know this. I, I, you know, I, I thought it was so-so. They were kind of all over the place to some extent. Obviously, you got to trust Bill, so he knows what he's doing. Um, but my favorite pick comes from the Patriots, and I really like Josh Uche uh, to the Patriots. I think he's a really good piece in the linebacker for them. Um, uh, to me, a really similar pick to when they drafted his teammate a year ago in Winovich. Um, I just re I really like his character, how it fits with the Patriots. I th he seems like a very Patriots guy. He's it's a, guy a Patriot kinda, pick, yeah, for, for sure. sure. He's a, a guy that rose me too. Yeah, yeah. I know you, you start – you continue to get those just super steady, consistent linebackers. Um, that's what they always do in, in New England. 
Yeah, like I alluded to earlier, my favorite pick uh, from the AFC East was A.J. Epinesa. And for a lot of similar reasons that Brady said, um, but it wasn't a position of need for them. When you look at, they have Ed Oliver, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, but he can come in and he doesn't need to start from day one. He can come in and pass rush a little bit. He can come in and play third downs. He doesn't have to play uh, all three downs. So I think it's a good pick for them. They just didn't need a defensive end, but they took the best player available. Yeah, I'm kind of piggybacking on uh, Bradley's best value. I had my favorite pick as uh, Tua Tungavailoa, quarterback out of Alabama, going to the Dolphins. I think just being able to get your franchise quarterback is going to be priority number one for a young coach and being able to kind of plant your success into like, hey, you know, this is our guy. This is who we're going to ride or die with. Hopefully that his health ends up not being an issue. If I were the coach, honestly, I know it's not all that popular, but I'd sit him the first year. I'd want to absolutely get him totally healthy, 100%, not have to worry about it. You know, Fitzpatrick is definitely serviceable. So I think that'd be my course of action if I were the Dolphins. And that was the question I was going to ask. Do you guys think he, he starts right away or does he sit out half the year? Well, I guess it depends on the success of the team too, but I'm kind of in that boat where – he probably doesn't start right away just because of the reasons you said Fitzpatrick uh, can get the job done. And even if he doesn't, then they might be – they're still, I would say, at least a year or two away. So I would not start him right away just to let him sit in that system a little bit. Yeah, I think a redshirt year would be good for him. And just piggybacking off of uh, you know what Josh talking about favorite pick and getting your franchise quarterback, we can all agree that they made the right decision, right, in, in drafting into a yes. over – it's a question we never would have even been talking about if there was no injuries involved. Obviously, you got to talk about it with the injuries. Um, but they definitely made the right pick. As much as we want to maybe, you know, try to justify that Herbert could potentially, you know, he's he's got the tools, he's got all this. Tua is the, the one that has the special ability. They made the right move for sure. Yeah, I agree totally. All right. Let's so move then on to uh, fantasy uh, picks. And Brady, why don't you start us with us? Okay, so I'm going to be boring because he's also my favorite pick, uh, Denzel Mims. Uh, he instant impact right away. I think Anunwa went on IR today, so he's not going to. He's going to be out for the whole year. Uh, so talk about instant impact, and he gets to showcase his ability right away. Um, for, he was in a perfect situation. My, like I said, my wide receiver five. Uh, he gets to sh show his uh, skill set right away. Yeah, mine is also Mims. I, I couldn't really find another answer here. Who else is going to catch, catch passes for the Jets? I'll read you their other five receivers. It's Brashad Perriman, Josh Doxson, Jamison Crowder, and Braxton Berrios. <laughs> Stacked. Yuck. So from a fantasy perspective, you might want to get Denzel Mims on your roster just because Absolutely. he's going to be collecting a lot of targets. Of all the receivers that got drafted in the first couple of rounds, few are going to be put in a position similar to Mims of, all right, we're going to need you right away to contribute a lot. Like a lot of, you know, targets that, you know, were Rodney Anderson, uh, that targets that have left with him are going to Robbie. be going hopefully Robbie. That's, that's tough. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a lot of targets that are going to be going, sending to Mims way uh, from Darnold. So definitely see that. So I just realized as we're talking about this on how we're, you know, Mims is going to get all these. They just signed Frank Gore. Are they even going to throw the ball? Yikes. <laughs> You're not wrong. Or they're all going to be thrown to Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> True. That's tough. I can touch on my fantasy player here. So I actually had a running back out of Utah, Zach Moss. 
I know Devin Singletary is going to be um, the main go the main guy there, but I think being able to a lot most running backs in most backfields are basically committees nowadays anyway, especially with you know Frank Gore leaving uh, Buffalo, they're going to be able to need another back that can take the load off of Singletary. So that would be a really great uh, resource then for Zach Moss to step in there. Yeah, I like that. If he can beat out TJ Yeldon. Like if, yeah, I mean, too. it's between those two, but I mean, it's not saying much. TJ Yeldon's bouncing yeah, around everywhere. Say, if he can't beat out TJ Yeldon, he <laughs> I'm just saying, like, impact. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you give us your favorite team from the AFC East as far as a draft perspective? Yeah, I, I kind of struggled, went back and forth here, but I, I think it's got to be the Jets. Um, you know, they continue to check off needs each round and they didn't sway from getting their biggest one in the first round. You know, they could have potentially went wide receiver there. We've already talked about the, the weapons that they have or lack thereof, and uh, they could have went wide receiver right away here in the first round, but they stick and they get a the tackle that they much, much needed offensive tackle. Uh, Darnold can't throw the ball to, and get it to wide receivers and weapons if he can't stand upright. So I think it's got to be the Jets for me. Like I said, they continue to find value, um, you know, in the later rounds as well and uh, really made their team a little bit better. I was surprised you picked the Jets. I thought I was going to be alone on the Jets um, winning this this division. I mean, just looking at their picks, Becton's going to make an impact. Mims is going to make an impact. Ashton Davis is going to be a really good safety alongside uh, Jamal Jamal Adams. Uh, P. Ryan, I thought he would have an impact. Now they signed Frank Gore, so who knows about uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, James Morgan is an interesting pick because everybody's like, why would you draft a quarterback in the fourth round? Well, Sam Darnold's been hurt. He's been sick, so they need somebody to be a backup. So he could be uh, an interesting backup. Cameron Clark could start alongside of Makai Becton on the left side. That's a really good pick. And then Bryce Hall, if healthy, will have an impact on that defense too. So and don't if forget Bryce, about their punter. If Bryce <laughs> Hall didn't what didn't have that injury, you know, and all that, he he would have been much much higher. Much, totally much agree. Higher. Totally one agree. The, one of the best corners in the draft, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins because in two to three years, we could say this is a home run draft class for them. Obviously, if Tua stays health, healthy, that's a great pick. Austin Jackson, someone that has huge upside. And they might have found their other offensive tackle in Robert Hunt, who's a very good player out of Louisiana. I'm a big fan of Raekwon Davis as well from Alabama. Um, so just a collection of picks. I think they had a lot of them, and I think they uh, addressed a lot of needs with their picks. Yeah, I also had the Miami Dolphins. I think that their picks spoke to the direction that they're in, in the stage of the rebuilding process that they're in. They didn't get a lot of players, you know, that had, you know, immediate impact. Like they're going to be ready day one. Like the Tuatunga Vailoa, he is going to be more of like a, either maybe this year, but probably more the year after and then franchise quarterback from there on. And then Austin Jackson needing some, you know, tutelage and just needing to be able to learn the game a little bit more in the NFL. He's more of a project tackle, but with extreme upside, like Bradley said. So I thought their draft spoke to the direction that the team is in and in, in, in the correct re stage of the rebuilding process. All right, so that wraps up the AFC East. Let's move on to the AFC North, the black and blue division. Uh, who wants to give us their best value pick? I'll start with kind of a surprise, and it's coming from uh, Cleveland in the sixth round, pick 187, Donovan Peoples-Jones. No. 
I'm a big fan of him. I don't know why people weren't as high as I was on him. I think he had a, I'm not going to say a bad quarterback, but I'm going to say a below average quarterback in college. Horrible that kind quarterback. Of bad him. You could say bad. bad. You could absolutely say bad. I, I mean, he's better than me, so I'm not going to say like, <laughs> I'm not going to just poop on him, but I think he was handcuffed with his quarterback, and he's a really talented wide receiver that's going to thrive as wide receiver number three for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's super unfortunate. I also did have Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, wide receiver out of Michigan, going to the Browns. Um, you know, a lot of people had him going, you know, third, fourth round. And him falling as far as he did, I think it was in the uh, sixth, sixth round. Yep. So I think that is just incredible value for the Browns, even if it is not in a terribly high position of need because they have, you know, Odell and Landry. But you know, maybe they're shopping Odell, so you never know. But, yeah, I really like the value there. He's going to be a better pro than he was a college producer, so really like that fit there. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good athlete. You're 100% right. He's a guy that underperformed but is going to be pretty successful. He's got all the physical tools. He was one of my guys I had written down. But I, I have another pick, you know, from the Browns as well, and that's Grant Delpit uh, at 44, uh, safety from LSU. It's a need for them, and I think to get him, you know, pretty early on in the second round, a guy that, you know, maybe could have went in the first round, it's not necessarily a massive, massive value. Um, you know, for them, but I just like, I liked where they were able to get him and, you know, they get a, a, a position they really, really needed um, at 10. And then they're able to kind of stick at 44. They don't trade around. Um, and then they, uh, they draft a, a position to need in, in Delpit their safety. What makes you think that Delpit's going to be able to tackle NFL players if he couldn't tackle uh, collegiate players? If they get 2018 Grand Delpit, I have no concern about that in my life. Yeah, like that's but... that's the safest pick. And that I totally agree concern. with you. That was the same concern about Derwin James, though. It didn't look like he was trying. So if they get what he was like in 2018, they got an absolute steal because he's the best safety in the draft, and it's not close. I agree. And I think 44 is about where he should have gone. I just have concerns about that. Like, obviously, he's trying to tackle better athletes now. So that's my opinion on him. Yeah, well, I'll give mine – I just want to touch on Donovan Peoples-Jones. I heard that he uh, didn't do very well in the interview process. People just didn't like his character. They said it was like character issues. So um, go to Cleveland, I guess, and see if you can <laughs> see if you can figure it out there. That um, seems so accurate. <laughs> yeah. Mine was in the seventh round, and the Baltimore Ravens had so many value picks. But I, I chose Geno Stone, the safety out of Iowa. Dude just lays the hammer on people. I, I wanted the Vikings to take him. Uh, they ended up taking the guy out of Southern Miss, I believe it was. Um, but Geno Stone absolutely lays wood, and uh, he's gonna. He, I bet he makes the roster in Baltimore as a seventh round pick. Yeah, that is uh, good notes there. So uh, next we will get into our uh, favorite pick. Then, so I personally had uh, Chase Claypool, wide receiver out of Notre Dame, going to the Steelers. I thought you know big, fast. You know, tight end slash receiver hybrid is going to be able to be a really great, you know, contributor then for Roethlisberger once he's back healthy. Uh, they obviously got rid of Antonio Brown relatively recently and haven't really been able to, you know, replace his production yet. So I think being able to get a really great athlete in Chase Claypool is going to be something that uh, will uh, help that offense and hopefully get some more holes in it for the running game as well. I personally actually didn't love the Claypool pick. And I Same. would be curious to hear Bradley and Brady's opinion too. I just, 
I didn't love just where they were at, other needs they kind of needed. Yes, and he, that, that's he's the not, main reason why I didn't like it. It's just for needs on other at other positions. And if you love think he's a play. tight end, great. Draft one in the third round or fourth round then. I love the player. I hate the fit. They they picked up. Didn't they pick up Eric Ebron too? Yes, they have it's two like, tight ends. And Would you guys take Chase Claypool over Denzel Mims? No, no, no. That's what no. that's what the Steelers did. I know. I, I wouldn't take it. him over. I wouldn't take him over Van Jefferson. I wouldn't either. Chill. Chill. <laughs> I wouldn't. Don't be don't be bold now. Come on. He's gonna be a tight end. If I want a tight end. Take Harrison Bryant at the fourth round, like the Browns did. Didn't he run like a four four nine? Yeah, yeah, he he's a freak. Ridiculous. He's a he's a freak. I will not disagree with you. I just didn't love him ahead of some of those other receivers. I'll go with my favorite pick. And a couple weeks it's ago, or Chase a couple Claypool. shows ago, we t- it's, it's not Chase not Claypool. Chase Claypool. <laughs> Hold it on, Bradley's good. I was going to go with mine, and Bradley jumped me, and it was going to be Patrick Queen, and now Bradley's yep. Patrick Queen. <laughs> yeah, it's, pa- it's Patrick Queen. I love this fit. I think after one of the shows when Brady talked about Kenneth Murray being the next uh, Ray Lewis, we're like, wait a minute, that's Patrick Queen. Just the way he plays, it has Ray Lewis written all over it. So I think – and for them to get him at 28, they picked uh, – Seahawks picked Jordan Brooks over him. The NFL – gave Patrick Queen to the Baltimore Ravens, basically saying, here's your next Ray Lewis, all yours. Before anyone jumps on this, Bradley is not comparing the two. He is saying he could be, okay? Yes. Brad, yes I know Bra- yes, yes. Brady's getting riled up over there. But <laughs> I, I agree. He plays with emotion. He plays with speed. His instincts are ridiculous. His coverage skills are unbelievable. Now he has Why don't to you like that comp, areas, but – I like I like Kenneth Murray's comp. He's way more of a, a Ray Lewis comp. Patrick Queen like can cover that. a lot better than Ray Lewis could. Ray Lewis is a bigger physical guy like Kenneth Murray, a tackling machine. I would say Patrick Queen, geez, like a, a, a Telvin Smith type when he was oh, really good, goodness. or Miles Jack, maybe a Bobby <laughs> Wagner. Yeah, I'll take Bobby I'll Wagner. <laughs> I like Bobby Wagner better than Kelvin Smith. Smith. <laughs> I couldn't think you of were, a covering linebacker, okay? You were reaching. <laughs> I was reaching hard. Well, I'll give mine. My favorite player was J.K. Dobbins, uh, running back. He's He'll fit in really good with that system. Um, like uh, Mark Ingram's going to be gone after uh, this year, so I think J.K. Dobbins is going to do well there. All right, so then we can be able to uh, transition then to our fantasy players then. So I personally had, this will probably be a popular pick, but I had J.K. Dobbins running back out of Ohio State going to the Ravens. Um, I know they have a lot of running uh, options there with, you know, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, but uh, that is something they value quite a bit. And with the draft capital that they invested in a talents like J.K. Dobbins, uh, he, he will be able to get some opportunities to show out. Obviously running back is a position of, you know, extreme importance in fantasy football. Uh, so J.K. Dobbins, I think will be, you know, especially in dynasty, you know, dynasty leagues he'll be able to be a very high pick then my favorite player uh is from the same team it was Devin Duvernay uh wide receiver from Texas I think he's going to fit great in that system he only had one drop in his college career so uh, I really like the fit there 
I like Duvernay. I like the fit. I just, similar to last week that we talked about, you know, with Ayuk and just not having enough to be very fantasy relevant. I just don't know if Duvernay will, um, you know, you look at like Hollywood Brown and just the, the volume that he had and, and those types of things. I do like the player, love the fit, just not sure 100% fantasy relevant there right away. Um, my favorite would be Anthony McFarland. Um, I don't know if that's going to be super popular for you guys. It actually probably is Bradley's pick. Um, but I, lo- I, I think probably maybe not week one, but by midway through the year, everyone is going to know who Anthony McFarland is. That dude is going to be like a Le'Veon Bell. I like Anthony McFarland, the player. I just don't know if I like him in that scheme. And I'm going to go the same one that Brady when I went Devin Duvernay, wider seer from Texas, who I'm really high on. He's got a couple guys he's got to beat out. But I think his speed's going to prevail, and he's got big play capability, which is going to thrive in the Baltimore Ravens offense. Does you being very high on him have anything to do with the fact that you're a Longhorn fan? Uh, no, it does not, actually. <laughs> speed kills. <laughs> All right. So who was your guys' winner of the division? Mine – uh, so the obvious one is the Ravens, and I think we yeah. all have that. But for me, the Bengals made a very strong case. Obviously, you take Joe Burrow. That's your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. But then you go ahead and get T. Higgins in the second round. Uh, Logan Wilson is a very interesting pick in the third round as well. Um, I do like Akeem Davis-Gather as well. So the Ravens won it. They had so many value picks. Um, but the Bengals also had a very good draft, and they're probably a year or two away. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as Brady. I, I think it's very clear the Ravens won. I you continue to go through and look at the picks that they had, and oh, I really like that. Wow, that's really that's really good. They know what they're doing in Baltimore, um, and I really I liked what the Bengals did too. I just I think if they're in a different division, they could potentially be a winner. Um, but I, Brady's right; they're definitely still not in win now mode yet. They're not. They're they're probably a year away, but they they definitely got themselves closer. Yes, the Bengals, or sorry, the Ravens had probably the best draft in the NFL. A lot of people would say, let's talk about the Bengals' first two picks. Why do you guys like T. Higgins over an offensive lineman? Because A.J. Green's not going to be there next year. At, right, like, but the they, following year. you guys say they have a lot of, lot of things that they need to work on, and they have a lot of, couple years. They have to protect Joe Burrow right now, because Joe Burrow's their guy. Yeah, but you also got to – you also got to understand Jonah Williams is coming back too. And a lot of people, so uh, a lot of people have him as the number one tackle from last year, which I totally agree with. Uh, you got to see how it fits. He fits in that offensive line too. And how some of the, uh, those players mesh with each other. Their right tackle is Bobby Hart. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't heard good things. About I don't Bobby know who Hart. that is. <laughs> right. I don't. I, I would have went the offensive tackle route or even interior, like a Ben Bredesen from Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good. Um, I talked about uh, the tackle from uh, Louisiana. His name's drawn a blank for me right now. Uh, how was that Hunt? I, uh, Robert Hunt. I think Hunt would have been a better pick than T. Higgins at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I that's probably the one I struggled with the most as far. I, I like where he is. I like the fit. I don't know if that was their best option at that point, but I love their next two picks. I love Logan Wilson. I love Akeem Davis-Gaither. 
Um, you know, I thought they did a really good job of trying to fortify that defense a little bit more. They already did a lot in free agency to kind of help out that back end. You guys know they took the entire DB squad from the Vikings, uh, yep. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I totally – I am not going to disagree with you. I think offensive line, either whether it's interior or tackle at that point, would probably be a better um, fit uh, for a right now type of move. Uh, but I do like T Higgins being there and to kind of, he, he's a guy that could be sneaky, sneaky, really good. He I, obviously, I didn't love him pre-draft process, uh, but he's a guy that is in similar mold to AJ green. So you, you start grooming him right away. So I, I, I see where their, their head is at, but I don't disagree with you, Bradley interior or, or offensive tackle would probably been a better move. Yeah, I also had the Ravens. I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious, uh, you know, winner in the division there. I also just did want to shout out Jedrick Wills falling to them at 10 for the Browns. Uh, I think getting the consensus, I think it was a very popular opinion that he was the best tackle. So not needing to trade up for, you know, the best tackle at, at 10, I think is a really, really great uh, pick then for the Browns. And so we will take a break here. When we come back, we will finish with the AFC South and the AFC West. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. All right, so thank you guys so much for uh, you know stopping by. Uh, so we will then start with AFC South then. So for the best value, uh, Brady, who is your best value for the AFC South? Uh, my best value, shout out to uh, Minnesota football and the Mayak football, it's Ben Barch uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought he would go mid-third mid round, uh, fell to the fourth round, and they got a very good value because he's probably not going to play right away because he, he just needs to develop and get a little bit stronger because uh, he played tight end, kind of like a, a Brian O'Neill type uh, player. So I, mine's Ben Barch and then um, just seeing him mold into an offensive tackle for the Jaguars. Yeah, I like that pick. I think we all can agree there's our D3 plug there. How um, could we not like that pick? No, never, yeah, all of us got to love that pick. Absolutely. Um, my pick is going to be, and to be honest, I'm kind of surprised Brady didn't take it, um, but mine is 61 overall, Christian Fulton, cornerback LSU to the Titans. You guys know in my mock I had him going to the Vikings in the first round. I really like Christian Fulton, and this is a great fit, I think, for the Titans. The type of player that he is, the player uh, – talent that he has and their need um you know quite frankly they needed a corner logan ryan said today he's gone um you know so this is this is a great great pick for them at 61 yeah i also had christian fulton for a lot of the similar reasons that you said and even if he doesn't play day one as cornerback he's going to make a lot of impact on special teams because he's a really good athlete um some of their corners that they have is a dory jackson malcolm butler so he's going to be in the mix with them um but getting that value at 61 when he could have went in the top 30, I, I think that's a great value for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, I have expressed my opinion on Christian Fulton and not wanting him to go to the Vikings in the first round. I know Brady's stoked about that. But, I mean, at the value that you're getting, at pick 61 for the Titans, that's a no-brainer. Um, so I totally agree there. I did want to shout out uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. I believe he was the third uh, running back taken then in this draft. And I think he was the consensus, you know, top running back as far as just his overall, you know, body of work in college, the production was off the charts. 
Uh, his receiving profile wasn't as high at Wisconsin, um, but I think the consensus is that he is athletic enough to be able to have that translate to the next level. I agree. So let's just uh, let's let's talk about Christian Fulton because I have not I've not been happy with how the Vikings passed on him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to move into my favorite pick, and he probably could have been my best value, my favorite pick. Heck, put him in my favorite fantasy <laughs> fantasy pick. But my favorite pick was Christian Fulton, and I, I still don't know how the heck he got to pick 61, but good for the Titans. Well, my favorite pick, I'm sure you guys could guess. Um, well, he ran a 4-3-9-40 at the Combine. And he ran for over 6,000 yards in college. That's a lot. Uh, his knock was Monty that, Ball. hey, Monty uh, Ball. Nope, yep. nope, nope, we're not going there. His knock was that when he gets in the NFL, he won't have as good of his offensive line that he had at Wisconsin. Well, his offensive line may have gotten better. Um, I think this is a phenomenal fit. I said before the draft, if I could pick a hand, place him where I would, lo- would love Jonathan Taylor to go. Uh, it would be the Colts. I love that the Colts drafted him. Uh, he's definitely my favorite pick. Yeah, he's definitely a good backup for uh, the Colts because they have Marlon Mack. <laughs> <laughs> Will not be re-signed after this year. Yeah, I was just giving you credit. Uh, so my favorite pick, and I'm doing two picks, is the Jaguars' first round in general. C.J. Henderson at nine and Caleb Von Chase on at 20. Uh, picks that they needed. Who knows what's going to happen with Ngakwe. Chason is a stud. He's going to be NFL pass rushing ready. Uh, CJ Henderson has the speed that an NFL cornerback needs. So I think those are two home run picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I know you're the, you know, the local CJ Henderson uh, stand and that's kind of your guy, but I totally did not see him going in the top 10 at all. We but, know Josh. <laughs> yeah, we got it. I really thought that Chase – do you think if Chason would have fell to the Vikings at 22 that they would have taken him over Jefferson? Yes. Yeah, I was, I was kind of, you know, debating, well, we'll really need a receiver. I really like Jefferson, but really would it could have been cool to have two LSU defensive ends to be able to uh, pair together. But, uh, yeah, so as far as my favorite pick, I did go with the local, you know, Ben Barch uh, tackle out of St. John's. Uh, really liked his obviously D3 connection that we already talked about and him being raw. I think he was going to be able to be a part of that rebuild in Jacksonville and have the time to be able to grow into his role there. So we can then transition to our fantasy uh, player and who we think is going to be the most impactful Brady. How, uh, who would you like to start out with here? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm probably taking Jeremy's here. I'm taking Michael Pittman jr. Uh, he just brings a different mold to the wide receiver core. Uh, in Indianapolis, they have a bunch of small gadget receivers getting a big bodied receiver. Um, I guess I'm guessing he's going to score a lot of touchdowns and catch a lot of touchdown passes from Phillip Rivers. You see what he did with uh, Mike Williams. So uh, mine's Michael Pittman Jr. Not a bad pick. I know Jeremy is ultra high on Michael Pittman. Mine is Darrington Evans that went to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he kind of replaces that Deion Lewis in the PPR league. I'd keep an eye on him. Uh, Derrick Henry's probably not going to be in on third and 12s when they're in a passing situation. And I think Darrington Evans is going to be that guy. I like Evans a lot. Um, I don't know how much value he'll have right away, but I do think you're correct. I think you keep an eye on him. Absolutely. For PPR, he could be a good pickup. Um, you know, after a couple of games, they start using him a little bit. 
Um, mine actually is not Pittman. I do love Pittman though. Big fan. Um, mine is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't know right <laughs> away. On. I don't I'll know right him. away that he'll, but if you're in a dynasty league, absolutely. 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 Take Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be yeah, like 40 when his, t- when his time's to start. Isn't he like 35 already? No, he's so much, not. That's how many miles he has. My, his mileage on his legs. Well, I think it was kind of interesting. The Colts went the route of going running back when they already had a solid one. They're kind of going on that, hey, running backs don't matter. We'll just won't sign the one we currently have, and then we'll just draft one. So I think that's kind of an interesting way that they did that. So I also did have Jonathan Taylor. I think Brady faked Jeremy out big time and saying, yeah, I think I'm going to have the same one Jeremy has. I thought he's going to go Jonathan Taylor, but I uh, definitely thought that he's going to be the biggest contributor there for the Colts. Um, so then we can transition then to uh, the winners for the division. Uh, Jeremy, who did you have winning the AFC South? I have the Colts. And to be honest, I don't know if it's particularly close. I would love to hear if you guys have like a big difference um, in anyone else. Hey, do you guys think it's the Texans? I know Kevin's listening. Oh, <laughs> I know it said everybody but the Texans. Everyone else got better <laughs> but the Texans. So I, uh, I, they struggled a little bit in this draft. I, the reason I had trouble picking the Colts, like obviously I liked the, the running back and the wide receiver that they, t- they took. Uh, I liked Eason. But other than that, I, I didn't think there was too many great picks. I liked Fulton for the Titans, uh, Darrington Evans. Um, for and then that was for the Titans, and then I really like Jacksonville's draft, like the first three to four rounds. So Jacksonville gave an interesting push for me. I'd probably say Indianapolis, but in general, it was all three but the Texans. <laughs> I had Jacksonville uh, as my number one, with obviously Indianapolis number two. One person to keep an eye on for Jacksonville is Colin Johnson, wide receiver from Texas. Really athletic, paired well Welcome. with Lavisca Chenault. So I think when you pair those two athletes on the field, it's, it should be a pretty fun offense for them. Yeah, my LaVisca Chenault hate has been very strong here on the podcast. So I think that basically dissuades me from picking them. So I also did have uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I thought they got some playmakers to be able to help out Rivers uh, for that offense. I will say I did like the the Jags draft. And when I say it's not particularly close in my opinion, I think it's because of where the Colts are at and what they filled. And then in converse, then the, where the Jags are at and what they filled. Cause I, I think the Colts are a little bit closer now. Again, it's, it's draft basis. Um, but I, I like what the Colts did. And obviously I love Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. So it's hard to beat that. <laughs> I hope, uh, First, so all NFL, first, all pro first team. I hope CJ Henderson and Christian Fulton are the corners and LaVisca Chenault's the wide receivers just to prove Josh wrong for this. <laughs> I mean, one of them's going to hit. Statistically yeah. speaking, that's, that's very likely. <laughs> I was, we were golfing when uh, Chenault was drafted. Um, we had it up on our phones and he hated the Chenault pick. Hated it. I just, great just reminds me. Just reminds me of Cordero Patterson, and I just got some PTSD from the Vikings trying to actually use him as a receiver instead of just a gadget guy and a return specialist. So, oh, let's add T. Higgins into that all-pro list, too, oh, just for Josh. T. Higgins, yeah, T. Higgins is definitely not – no, I don't see it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but we can transition then to the AFC West here. So, uh, Bradley, how about you start us off here? Who is your value pick for the AFC West? I went pretty basic here, and I went Jerry Judy uh, from Denver – in my opinion, he was my favorite receiver, and they got him at 15. Pairs very well with uh, Cortland Sutton, so I went with Jerry Judy. 
Uh, I'll go with Amik Robertson in round four. Uh, just talk about a guy who was rated very close to their first round pick, Damon Arnett. Uh, he's going to start right away for them in the slot, I would say. Um, so in the fourth round, that's really good value. I love the Robertson pick. Um, yeah. And I, to be honest, I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't write him, him down. Um, can, I can I guess yours, Jeremy? You may, but I don't think you'll get it. KJ Hill in round seven. No, but that's, that's great value. That is actually a really, <laughs> really good guess. That's a really good guess. Mine is actually uh, Lucas Niang in the third round uh, for the Chiefs. I think it's a big position of need. He's a tackle that I had rated higher than some guys that have already come off the board at this point. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a guy, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was nicked up a little bit, had some injury issues, that if he doesn't have that, you know, he's, he's a, even probably a little bit higher. Uh, but a position of need, they got to keep Mahomes healthy and keep him upright. They continue, they have to get better at the offensive line. I think this does that in the third round. Yeah, my my favorite uh, value pick then is Amik Robertson, cornerback, uh, Louisiana Tech. Um, there was a consensus with the top two corners in the draft, no matter how much I, you know, disagree with it. Uh, you know, CJ Henderson and uh, help me out, the first cornerback. Akuda Matata. Matata. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> they're, they're the next like five or six cornerbacks were all very similar. And Amik Robertson being on the back half of that is just great value in the fourth. Whereas a lot of teams, you know, took, you know, some corners before that in like the second, whereas that value is going to be much better in the fourth if they're similar players. So then we can then transition then to our favorite picks. Uh, so uh, Brady, how about you start off? Who is your favorite pick then for the AFC West? Any guesses for this one? Henry Ruggs the third. Henry Ruggs. Wide absolutely. receiver one, Henry Ruggs the third. <laughs> this guy is going to kill it in Vegas. I'm so happy for him. Why? I absolutely love this guy. This guy's going to be an absolute stud. It's He's got no one else by running. him. They drafted three wide receivers. What do you mean? They no other anybody? proven guy by him. Uh, Judy's Dar got Darren Waller. Darren Waller, it'll be all right. I, I am not worried about right. him. He'll be all right. So I, I think the bigger there. question is who's getting him the ball? Anybody. Just throw it as far as you can. He'll go get it. <laughs> I'm gonna Peter, go. Peterman is on the roster. You're right. Yikes. Oh, Yikes. There you go. He's the guy. <laughs> Kaiser got cut today. Big news. I just see that. I have so many washed-up quarterbacks on that team. It's unbelievable. I'm going to go to Kansas City in their second-round pick at pick 63 – uh, Willie Gay Jr.'s uh, Kansas City Chiefs needed athletes on defense, and Willie Gay is about as good as it comes at the linebacker position. So they fulfilled that need for them, and I think it's a good pick at 63. I like that pick a lot, Bradley. Um, mine is also the Chiefs. I guess we're sticking with the Chiefs on my my paper all the way through, and it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Spoiler alert, he's also my fantasy guy. Um, you talk about Brian Westbrook? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Here we go. Um, he fits and you guys know, I love him. Same coach. He fits Andy. He fits Andy Reed's system. He's going to fit their offense. I absolutely love the fit. Um, could they have addressed other needs at one? Probably. Uh, but they did a pretty good job the rest of the way through with the limited capital that they had. You know, we've, I had talked about Niang, Bradley talked about Gay Jr. Um, I, I liked their draft for the most part with, like I said, the small capital they had love a layer, love a layer there. 
Yeah, my favorite pick was, you know, piggybacking um, on Bradley's, I believe it was, Jerry Judy, uh, wide receiver out of Alabama going to the Broncos. I think being able to get uh, their young quarterback all the necessary weapons to be actually be put in a position to succeed is something that is super important for any uh, young GM, or I'm sorry, any young quarterback. Uh, so after this season, they'll know whether – you know, he's the answer or not. And so I think that's really important to kind of speed that process up of basically having two years to be able to evaluate, be able to see, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, live up to his potential or is he going to bust and then draft a quarterback next year if it doesn't work out. So it's kind of, he speeds up that evaluation process. I totally agree. He's absolutely loaded there uh, in Denver with weapons, do we even have to talk about the fantasy pick? I know Brady's probably no. going rugs, but it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? That's, that's the that's the answer. Absolutely. I had two guys down and none of them was uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It was either Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy. Let's go Bama. Roll tide. <laughs> I don't like Judy as far as uh fantasy receiver. He'll be he'll be good. He's sharing a lot of targets right now. Not a very high volume passing offense either. They have three running backs that'll be able to contribute quite a bit. Well, well, if you're if you're playing against Kansas City, he's going to get a lot of volume. You're not wrong. That's two games a year, but you're not wrong. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. You see who they picked? They picked what? Albert O, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. They're going to be trying to air it out too. I think. I don't know. All yeah, right, Brady. So you're you're obviously the rugs truther, um, and. Uh, I know Bradley loves Arnett. Kind of curious, who, who do you guys think won this one? You, Brady, you think it's the Raiders? Who, who do you guys think are the big winners in this this division? For winner, I actually had Denver, and it was tough for, for me to pick against Vegas, but I, I really liked what Denver did. Uh, Judy and Hamler on the outside. Albert O is going to help the tight end room. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry is going to be a very good lineman for them. Um, but I also d- really liked what Vegas did as well, too. Yeah, I, I actually want the Broncos as well. Um, probably one of my – I think they did a great job of getting their their quarterback weapons, as we've already talked about. Judy, Hamler, I like that pick in the second round. The one I was going to mention that I didn't know if you were, Brady, I love the Cushenberry pick. That's a great pick in the, the third round for them. Um, they did get a corner in the third round too. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong. So it's the cornerback from Iowa. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of his, where he was picked. Uh, so I thought they did a great job. I, I, I definitely think, you know, for me, I think Denver wins. I went Las Vegas Raiders, and I'm a lot higher on Damon Arnett than a lot of people are. 19 is a little high for me, but, I mean, if that's your guy, go for him. Lynn Bowden Jr. and Brian Edwards, kind of a head-scratcher, but I think Bowden can play more of that Swiss Army knife, more of a Tariq Cone in the slot behind the backfield type dealio. So I'm okay with that one. Um, Amik Robertson's a stud, so I like the Raiders draft. I think uh, Edwards is going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, he's, he's a good. guy for he's sure. A guy, yes. He was hurt. He had some injury issues. He was really good. That is a really good pick in the third round. I agree. Again, it's weird because they went three wide receivers out of the first four picks, but um, you know they're trying to build that room. Right. I'm not the biggest fan of the Raiders draft. I thought their two first picks, especially were both reaches. I'm sorry, Brady wasn't a fan of the rugs pick, but um, rugs is not a reach. That is not a reach. He's wide receiver one. He's not wide receiver one. He's absolutely not receiver one, especially at 12. So I also did have uh, the Broncos winning the division here. Um, they're just getting a lot of playmakers and being able to get uh, some more depth in the trenches to be able to help out their young QB. 
yeah, so then that will wrap us up for this episode of Fourth and a Mile Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.